1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hi! Hi! Welcome to the Port Charles 411, which is a little bit different than we said. Yeah, we had a change. Sometimes scheduling stinks and things happen. We were doing so good. We were like three weeks ahead on our 411s and then oops, Yeah, but we were due for some type of mix-up, so. Hey, it has been well over a year, and we've never had this situation, so. Exactly. On the fly, we decided we're going to talk
0: about ELQ. Which was all Shannon's brilliant idea, so good job. No, it was.
1: We were brainstorming, and I could not think of anything. I couldn't either, and it was (laughs) only because I was watching yesterday's episode this morning, and as Valentin was talking about something, I was like, we can totally talk about the history of ELQ. Perfect. So we are using General Hospital fandom, of course, as our... I was impressed with them because they're updated all the way through the fact that Valentine took over. They sure are. So we're going to give a little bit of the history, talk about some of the other fun stuff, and some of the people that have been involved. Yeah, in I'm going to end up interrupting you because some of the people I did not realize had anything to do with it. Yep, that's okay, and I'm going to probably interrupt you right back. <laughs> So ELQ, I know a lot of people, and I was one of them, thought it stood for Edward Lila Quartermain, but it's Edward Lewis Quartermain International, formerly ELQ Industries and ELQ Enterprises, is a multinational conglomerate headquartered in Port Charles, owned by the wealthy Quartermains. It's one of the largest businesses in the region. They are continually one of the sponsors of the annual Nurses Ball Charity event. So that's this week. According to the promos, it's Tuesday. I almost said it's Monday and we're recording this. No. So it could have already taken place too. And it's rival company with nearby Chandler Enterprises mm-hmm. and Buchanan Enterprises. Mm-hmm. See, I like how they to tie all three together. Over. I love it. So in 1978, Edward Quartermain arrived in Port Charles, having followed his son, Alan, and brought his family company, ELQ. In 1980, Laura Weber a.k.a. Laura Spencer, a.k.a. Laura Collins, <laughs> received a job as a secretary for Edward at ELQ. I didn't know that. No. Edward also enlists Luke Spencer to assist him and his niece, Alexandria, in search for... Dun, 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 the dun, Ice Princess. Uh, the world's largest uncut diamond. It was working for Edward at ELQ when Luke and Laura finally realized their feelings and couldn't live without each other. Oh, um, Little matchmaker Edward. In 1984, Edward discovered what it was like to be broke when his daughter-in-law, Monica, and her new flame, Sean Donnelly, organized a hostile takeover. Did not know that Monica dated Sean. Sean leaked word of a merger between Donnelly Enterprises and the Cassidines. Edward's illegitimate son, Jimmy Lee Holt, decided to sell the family stock and invest it all. Monica had second thoughts and tried to warn the family that the merger was fake, but they didn't listen, and the Quartermains lost everything. However, Edward's wife, Lila Quartermain, manages to bring their fortune back with a new business called Pickle Lila. And I didn't realize that that was that recent, which I know to
0: people that are way younger than us, that's not recent. But to me, Pickle Lila was like in the 50s kind of thing. It was not in the 80s. Well, the show started in 63, so. Yeah. But you know what
1: I mean? It was something we we would have never seen. Right. Exactly. Until, which you will get to later. Right. Monica's husband- Alan later faked his death to get back at Sean and his wife. (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, what else do you do whenever someone makes you mad other than fake Fake your your death? death. Sean, being faced with a murder charge, finally returned the Quartermain's money. When Edward was presumed dead in 1988, he left all of his assets to his grandson, Ned. (laughs) Alan tried to keep Ned and his sister Tracy from getting their greedy hands on ELQ. He appealed to the board members to vote his way, and Ned did the same. To be fair, Ned offered Alan a test. Each of them would invest $2 million, and the one who got the bigger return would get ELQ. That's smart. It is smart. We had something like that in my senior year in high school. It was a um, for economics. Oh, okay. And we had to invest in the stock market. And whoever reached a million dollars first got there. Wow. That's a fun class. Like one. How <laughs> come our kids don't learn that stuff? That's awesome. I don't know. Yeah. The tug of war continued with Alan and Tracy taking turns running the company, resigning, let it, letting the other one take over, and resigning again. Alan finally turned over the reins to Tracy once and for all in order to stop his then-wife, Lucy Ko, from constantly nagging him about ELQ. That is totally something that we should talk about. Mm-hmm. Ned was named the new CEO In 1990, Tracy's former beau, David McAllister, wound up murdered, and Tracy was the prime suspect. She asked Scott Baldwin to defend her, which he only agreed to do after he was granted the position as general counsel at ELQ. Smart move. Yes. In 1991, ELQ was taking losses that concerned the quartermains, but Ned assured them that the ship called the SS Tracy was docking with machinery that would revitalize their cannery and rebuild the. Quarter main Money. We talked about the cannery when we were playing the game. Yes. Okay. See, it all makes sense. However, an environmental group called the Green Belts was rallying to protest the arrival of the ship, which they claimed was carrying unsafe chemicals. Isn't that what Mac was protesting? Oh, wow. When Mac arrived. First came, yeah. I think that's what Mac was protesting. We'll have to go back and listen to our own recap of him. <laughs> The ship exploded in the dock, in route to the dock, and Ned was furious as he suspected the ship was sabotaged. Following this, Alan and Monica realized neither Ned nor Tracy could run the family business and h- hired Paul Hordsby to save ELQ. Ugh. However, Paul was a part of a drug cartel that simply wanted Tracy's stock shares. A few months later, when Edward was revealed to be alive, he and Ned are successful at getting ELQ back after blackmailing Paul into handling into handing over his shares of elq in 1996 sunny Corinthos invests in elq jasper jacks gets a spot on the elq board and neither of these make edward happy especially when jacks teams up with tracy to take over elq ned's wife lois was especially angry when ned resumed his post as ceo of elq to help fend off tracy and jacks and that's why they separated as brooklyn now knows in 1998 Edward promises his grandson, AJ, the CEO position of ELQ, if he can bring AJ's son, Michael, home to the quarter mains. This is when Michael was a baby. Baby, baby. Baby, baby. He like, was so cute. Brand spanking new. So let's do some math. <laughs> no, don't do it because I messed you up. <laughs> if AJ succeeds, Ned will be out of a job. Edward is forced to eat his words when AJ is able to bring Michael into the quarter main fold by marrying Michael's mother, Carly. A.J. threatens to leave his new family if Edward doesn't fork over the CEO position. So A.J. is appointed CEO and Ned leaves, telling Edward that he will not come in and save the family again. How many times have he made that threat? Sorry, did not see the eye roll that I just <laughs> did. Especially when the whole thing blows up in his face. In 2000, Edward kicks A.J. out of the CEO position when he learns that A.J. had burned down Sonny's warehouse for losing Michael. With ELQ without a CEO, Ned will not come back because, remember, he's stuck into his words. Edward makes an odd move in court in courting a corporate raider, Jasper Jax. Edward hopes that Ned will swoop in and save the company like he had done previously when Jax tried to buy out ELQ, but Ned remains true to his promise of not returning. Edward has a stroke of luck when Jax forgets about ELQ <laughs> to go after a drug company to obtain medication for Lila's distant cousin, Chloe Morgan from Helena Cassadine. Jack sells his shares of ELQ, which had come from AJ and Tracy, to Edward. Edward then takes over as CEO of ELQ. In 2001, Edward is outraged when he is voted out of the CEO position in favor of his granddaughter, Sky Chandler Quatermain. So, Sky Chandler Quatermain Chandler, as in Chandler Enterprises, yes. from the very beginning. Later that year, when Jack sells controlling interests of ELQ to Lila, Edward hopes she'll make him CEO again. But Lila tells him that he will be co-CEO with Skye. Mm. And Edward has no choice but to accept Lila's decision because she... She ran things. Yes. She definitely ran things. He listened to his wife. She was the only one that... Oh, yeah. The only one that could reign him no, in. Edward, that's crazy. He will be <laughs> co-CEO with Sky, And I will not have another word about it. I have no idea if that's what she said, but I can just picture it. When Edward fakes a stroke in 2002, Lila, uncertain of Edward's chances of recovery, appoints Ned CEO of ELQ. Ned intends to use ELQ to go after mobster Sonny Corinthos, much to Edward's dismay. In 2003, AJ once again gets his chance to run ELQ when he becomes CEO after Ned is falsely accused of rape. However, AJ later empties the Quartermain Bank accounts and leaves town with Lydia, leaving Edward to step in as CEO once again. Sky is later booted off the quarter main, the ELQ board by Edward after learning that she is in fact not a quarter main. When the ELQ owned Port Charles Hotel burned down thanks to faulty Walt... When the ELQ owned Port Charles Hotel burns down thanks to faulty wiring, Edward wants to take responsibility for the fire, but Tracy convinces him that it will be best for ELQ if he remains quiet. That's awful, by the way. right. While Edward recovers from a heart attack that nearly killed him, Edward's grandson Justice Ward convinces Edward that he should act senile to avoid responsibility for which the is fiber. also awful. And Justice, I didn't remember him being quite that manipulative. Tracy takes advantage of the situation and goes after Elq because obviously he's senile, can't be running the company. Eventually, an arson report relieves the family of responsibility for the fire, and a battle for control over Elq breaks out between Tracy and Edward with Tracy's son, Dylan, holding the deciding vote. Dylan is forced to side with his mom, and Tracy is named CEO. In 2005, Tracy's... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> How old would Dylan have been then? Probably
0: 18. Okay. Okay. If he would have been 18, then okay. Because to me, he was littler. And, and he can not be voting. No, because he was born in, like,
1: 95. I know they right. hurt you, but... In real life, absolutely not. But okay, if they upped him to 18, then... Because that would have been Scott Clifton, and that was when he was dating Georgie and everything, right? Yeah, I guess they still didn't seem that old. They seemed like younger teens then, but that
0: would make sense. Okay. Sorry. I just was... No, it's okay. I was just wondering how we're buying Danny's stocks until he turns 18, but we're letting Dylan vote at 12, pretty much.
1: Right. Do you want to hear my whole thought on that? (laughs) Go ahead. That I should have thought about? Oh, What? So this kind of goes back to Monday's recap. Uh-huh. Okay. Valentine caused the accident so that Jason wound up in a coma so that he could manipulate Sam so that he could get access to those shares. Oh. Exonerate Brando. All right. I will take that. Yep. That was- I could have saved that for Mondays, but right now I feel like I just need to, It, it it's it all does of this. Fit. So good job. That's. Yep, gold star for Shannon. In 2005, Tracy's husband, Luke, agrees to help Tracy maintain her position as CEO of ELQ for three months, which will be long enough to solidify the position. When it's time to vote the new CEO of ELQ, Luke doesn't support his wife, and she loses out to mobster Lorenzo Alcazar. Mm. Tracy managed to regain control later that year. In summer 2006, ELQ faces several lawsuits after a subsidiary of the company, Enduro. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Manufactured and produced faulty condoms, which causes the pregnancies of Elizabeth Weber by Edward's grandson, Jason Morgan, and Luke's daughter, Lulu Spencer, by Dylan Quartermain. Maxi Jones also uses faulty condoms as an excuse to trick Lucky Spencer into thinking she was pregnant.
0: I didn't remember that that all went together like that, but that was pretty genius. Can and we do an entire episode yeah, about the faulty condoms? Seriously, because Maxie, as much as you should never, ever, ever do that, it was pretty genius that she jumped right in on there and was like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm pregnant too because these condoms don't work.
1: Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> in 2011, Edward pitches the idea of having Michael intern at ELQ. Jason tells him that Michael already has a job working for Sunny, but it's up to Michael to make the decision. Not giving up, Edward offers Michael's girlfriend, Abby, a well-paying job at ELQ, under the provision that she gets Michael to work there alongside her. Edward is delighted when Michael accepts his offer, much to Sunny and Carly's dismay. Abby enjoys her work at ELQ, but Michael does not feel the same way and quits shortly afterwards. Later, Tracy reaches out to Edward when mobster Anthony Zakara threatens to inform the authorities and the Salito family that she secretly funneled her ex-husband, Gino Salito's money, that's a tough name. Into ELQ years before.
0: All right. In 2012, Edward dies and Wills 60% of his stock to his grandchildren. And that's living when the actor
1: died, so he legit died. Yeah. There's no, we're not bringing him back. Wills
0: 60% of his stock to his living grandchildren. Currently 10% each to AJ Quartermain, Sky Chandler Quartermain, Dylan Quartermain, Ned Quartermain, Jason Morgan, even though he was missing and presumed dead at the time. Jeez! 30% to his living great-grandchildren, currently 5% each, to Michael Corinthos, Lila Ray Alcazar, Brooklyn Quartermain, Maya Ward. Her mother Faith was never mentioned as to whether she inherited or is deceased. I would assume she's deceased if she didn't inherit then. I don't feel like Edward wouldn't have given her anything. Danny Morgan and Kiki Jerome, initially thought to be a biological Quartermain, then proven otherwise. And 5% each to Edward's daughter-in-law, Monica Quartermain, and the longtime Quartermain maid, Alice Gunderson. Edward's daughter, Tracy Quartermain, does not inherit any stock, only the last jar of her mother's pickle, Lila Relish. And Tracy mentions that Edward's son, Jimmy Lee Holt, had been written out of their father's will years before. AJ wants to be CEO of the company. He has voting support from Michael Skye, Lila Ray, and Monica. Tracy has voting support from Dylan, Ned, Brooklyn, Maya, and Alice. Both sides are tied at 41%, initially making Sam McCall the deciding factor. She has controlling interest in Jason's and Danny's shares. She decides to split her shares to make both sides at 50%. To break the tie, secondary common shareholders, initially non-voting, have the deciding vote. It turns out that Lucy Coe, former daughter-in-law of Edward, has 1% that Edward didn't get back before he passed away. I didn't remember her having 1% back then. Like, now that they ran up again, it, like, refreshes that. But before they said it, I had not remembered that. After Tracy agrees to the terms to underrate the nurses' ball... Let's Lucy move into the Porter mansion and makes Lucy co-CEO of ELQ with her. Lucy gives her support to Tracy. Soon after becoming co-CEO, Lucy has a psychotic break and is confined to Ferncliff's asylum after attacking police detective John McBain, believing that he is vampire, vampire Caleb Morley. AJ and Michael then obtain proof that Tracy had funneled mob money from her deceased husband, Gino Salinas, Solito, you're right, that is
1: her name, through EOQ. It's kind of fun once you get it, though, like Gina Solito, <laughs> but it's hard to get there.
0: And blackmailed her into resigning and naming AJ CEO. The government seized the assets of EOQ and then prompts AJ, and, I'm sorry, and this prompts AJ and Tracy for a fight for control. Tracy then remembers that she inherited her mother's pickle, pickle Lila relish, which gives her the idea to save the company by marketing the relish for sale again. Meanwhile, AJ, Michael, and the newly hired Duke Lavery have the same idea. Both sides scramble to find the recipe to the relish before the other. AJ and GH have lab tech Ellie Trout identify the ingredients for the recipe, and Tracy steals the recipe. She gives orders to mass produce the relish so that she can revitalize the company and vote AJ out as CEO with the assistance of the mystery Quartermain heir. While talking to his ex-wife, Carly Jacks, AJ suspects that she possibly knows about another quarter main heir due to her reaction when he mentions that they know all the heirs. Carly, however, won't give him any information. AJ's cousin, Ned, was listening in and tells his mother, Tracy, about it. Tracy then asks her ex-husband, Luke Spencer, to ask his niece, Carly, for information about the heir. She only knows that the previously unknown grandson of Edward, Robert Frank had mentioned to her years before that he had a daughter named Lauren. Tracy then hires private investigator Damien Spinelli to find Lauren Frank for her. Tracy is forced to sign over ELQ to AJ for embezzling mob money into ELQ. However, Damien Spinelli defects to AJ's side when he decides to not betray his girlfriend Ellie Trout a second time. Tracy hires Luke to track down Lauren Jerome, Franco's perceived daughter, and AJ has Spinelli track her down as well. Luke gets to Franco's illegally adopted mother's place first. That was like no easy way to write. No,
1: (laughs) we need a chart. We'll do a video.
0: Right? Here's our flow chart of how all these people are related. Illegally adopted mother's place first. And she decides to side with Tracy. She gives Spinelli an address to a woman that's woman's father had a debt to repay to Luke. Again, flow chart. Spinelli talks to the woman and wastes time there while Luke is talking to Ava Jerome, Lauren's mother. Luke reveals to Spinelli that it was indeed him that sent Spinelli on the wrong path, and he assumes that Luke found Lauren. AJ and Tracy go on the chew. That was so weird. I'm sorry, but it was so weird. It was a nice crossover, but yeah. It just felt unnatural. Anyway, AJ and Tracy go on the chew to have a battle of the condiments. The food experts on The Chew, various personnel, and even AJ's girlfriend Elizabeth, get food poisoning thanks to Robert Franco Frank, who was responsible. With Franco now revealed to be alive and the reveal of Kiki Jerome as Franco's daughter, the grandchildren now each have 10% of stock and 5% goes to each of the great-grandchildren.
1: Tracy decides to try to go through with the takeover. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I'm looking at something and I'm like, that math does not add up. Why is this person (laughs) here? But... Boom. There you go. Sorry. That's all right.
0: Tracy decides to try to go through with the takeover and summons a shareholders meeting due to her majority of shareholders, with her original 42.5% and Ava Jones proxy of 10%. Diane Miller presides over the shareholder meeting and helps with the online voting for shareholders not present, which I thought was funny. There was no mention of that either. Ned's like, I'll call this person. I'll call this person. Wouldn't you have sent out an email with the link if there was a way to vote online? Yeah, would have made a little more sense. And then he could have got all these emails back that were like, ping, 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 nope, Mm -hmm. we don't have rights to our shares because we sold them. That would be like Ned, Dylan, Maya, who couldn't attend the meeting. It was thought that Tracy would win with Franco's shares with Ava voting, giving Tracy 52.5% and Kiki Jerome aligning with AJ due to the fact that her mother and her aunt called the corporate meeting. The vote is taken. AJ Quartermain now retains his position as CEO with the 52.5% as a 5% shareholder flipped over, Alice Gunderson. Mm. I miss
1: Alice. Okay, question. Yes. Who voted for her with Valentine? I don't remember anyone. Mm-mm.
0: And she would not have sold her shares. Nope. Maybe I'll get into it in a minute because it does talk about how things got realigned some way. So maybe it'll make sense then. Okay. AJ makes Alice an honorary vice president and head of security, then kicks Ava and Tracy out of his boardroom. (laughs) Connie Falconeri then overhears Sunny and Morgan Corinthus talking to each other about Kiki not being Franco's biological daughter. Connie, trying to save her paper, the press, from going under, wants to break the story, so she goes to her friend Tracy for help in getting proof. Tracy lets Connie into Ava and Franco's bedroom, where Connie finds Kiki's birth certificate, which lists Silas Clay as the father. Connie prints the story, Kiki, not a Q, on the front page of the paper, and the next morning letting the whole town know that the ELQ vote was invalid, since Kiki didn't have the right to vote, since she is not a Quartermain, and therefore not included in Edward's will. Without Kiki being a stockholder, Edward's living great-grandchildren are back to having 6% each instead of 5%. The new percentage adds up to a 50-50 tie between AJ and Tracy. Tracy then goes to Lucy to secure her 1% of the non-voting stock, which she needs to be the tiebreaker. Lucy gives Tracy her 1% and breaks the tie. So I guess I really should have
1: remembered that she had 1% because it was brought up quite a few times back in the day. Well, because I remember that's when, because they were both courting her. Like, they were both. I remember that for the Pickle Lila stuff. I don't remember it beforehand, but it probably just didn't matter as much back then. In
0: 2014, Tracy once again becomes CEO and AJ went back to drinking, soon becoming a prime prime suspect in Connie Falconeri's murder. After AJ was murdered by Sonny, Corinthos, Fluke, starts taking an interest in ELQ. For those of you at home unfamiliar (laughs) with Fluke, that is fake Luke. I just love that they named him that, like, officially. Fluke started taking an interest in ELQ, wanting to use it to fund his drug operation. When Fluke wanted to marry Tracy to gain control of ELQ, Ned Quartermain becomes suspicious because of Luke's past past misdeeds. Ned gained even more suspicion when he and Michael discovered Fluke was making passes at Kiki Jerome. And we talked about how gross that was a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Fluke succeeded in marrying Tracy, forcing Ned and Michael to quickly convince other stockholders to remove Tracy as CEO. Not wanting the position to leave the family, Michael stepped in and Tracy vowed revenge. While acting as CEO, Michael hired his brother Morgan Corinthos to oversee ELQ's waterfront restoration project. According to Michael, ELQ had been working with the community to revitalize the area, building new high-rises and restoring homes such as the Brownstone. I vaguely remember that, but not as much as I thought that I would have. In 2015, Nicholas Cassadine stole ELQ's stock and becomes the CEO. However, in 2016, Drew Cain, believed to be Jason Morgan, becomes the majority shareholder, controlling 50.5% after blackmailing Nicholas. He then decided to give Michael back the company and then he gave the rest of the shares back to the original owners as Edwards will stated. So yeah, it should have gone back to Alice or Alice's family if she's, deceased if he gave it back to the original people. In 2019, after Oscar died, his will stated that his shares would go to Hank Archer, a manipulative cult leader and sexual predator. The family contested this action with the shares landing in probate court limbo. However, when Hank was killed shortly after Nell Michaels' ex shows up as the newly widowed Mrs. Hank Archer, With the ability to vote his shares. I didn't really understand how she was allowed to vote that either. I would like to know what the real legalities behind that is. Because you don't know that they're actually yours. So how do you get to vote that? For another day. Just saying. When she attempts to manipulate the family into more money and control, Brooklyn handles that situation. That was like whenever we first saw Brooklyn come back and put her in her place. Yep. In 2020, Valentine Cassadine, Nicholas's uncle, becomes the CEO after he took over 50% of ELQ shares. He had bought out the shares of Brooklyn, Oscar, Skye, Lila, Maya, and the proxy control over the shares of Danny and Scout. Lucy voted her 1% tie-breaking share with Valentine as he is also the financier of her cosmetic company. With controlling shares, Valentine directs the company to no longer fund GH after mismanagement and Nell's
1: lawsuit. And that's where it ends. Gotta watch every day to find out what's next. Yep. And so the mm. page I have is just who's in control. And we just talked about this. And it says it says in control as of April 2020, Valentine, Lucy, Michael, Alice, Jason, Dylan, Monica, and Ned. Yeah. And so, not in control is Scout, Danny and Jake, because they're minors. Right. So I wanna know. Yeah. I wanna know. And then I have
0: the subsidiaries, which is LMB records, which I feel like that makes sense. Donley Shipping, which I did not know that Sean Donley had a shipping company, and I'm not sure how Elq is it still in existence. Would be it just says once owned by Sean Donley. Okay. Um, Jacks Cosmetics, obviously a cosmetic company founded by Jacks. Don't know why they'd have any part of that. Coco Cosmetics, cosmetic company owned and funded by former Elq co CEO Lucy Co. Chloe Morgan Designs, which that's not around anymore, right? I don't know. That would be really good if they found a way to bring that back, right? Especially with in the magazine. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Poor Charles Hotel, which we know is gone because you talked about it burning down. Mm -hmm. Pickle Lila, Pickle Eddie, Lila's kids' summer camp, Mm -hmm. which we didn't get to see this year, and the brownstone, which I didn't know they had any part. Like I knew they had revitalizing yeah. it but it never occurred to me that they were part of that
1: and then there's just a huge list of people <laughs> like that... i
0: said we're not gonna read all that right but and all the people pretty
1: much coming on talked about all of them it'd it's... be interesting to hear i think the only surprising one
0: i remember edward talking fondly about laura and like the time that she worked with him but mm-hmm. i
1: guess i didn't realize it was at eoq exactly... which makes sense because when where else, else would yeah, a hundred percent But then I have the list of CEOs, which was Edward from 1978 to 89, Alan from 89 to 90, Ned from 90 to 91, Paul Hornsby was 91, back to Ned 91 (laughs) to 96, back to Edward in 96, back to Ned in 96 to 99. Then AJ finally got it 99 to 2000, then back to Edward 2000 to 2001, then Sky 2001 to 2002 then she was co with Edward in 2002. Back to Edward in 2002, which went back to Ned in 2002 to 2003, AJ 2003, Ned 2003 to 4, Edward back in 04, Tracy 04 to 05, Alcazar was 2005, Tracy was 2005 to 2013. So she might actually be the longest running. Okay
0: that there is some instability going on they've been back and forth for the past 20 years as far as who's actually in control oh
1: 78 it was much longer than 20 years unfortunately
0: no i meant oh not seven not when it started i just mean in the last the last 20 years
1: is really where it was flip-flopping so much right no 90 oh all right alan i was thinking it was so like 30 years. I was thinking just back to okay, let's and then Tracy and time. Lucy were co in 2013, <laughs> back to AJ thirteen, then back to Tracy thirteen fourteen, and then Michael 14, 15, Nicholas 15, 16, and then Michael 16 to 2020, then he was on sabbatical, back to Ned for interim, and now Valentine. I just can't wait to find out why Valentine wants it. Because I don't think he's going to ruin it. It wouldn't make any sense. I that's don't either. It's a good company that makes yeah. a ton
0: of money. Why would you throw it away? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I really don't know why. It's going to be intriguing. That's for sure. Yes. And I think I'm right about him causing the accident. That makes sense. That was just a really big risk. Because how do you know if it's an accident that's like, oh, I need a bandaid? Or if it's an accident that you're dead? Right. And I guess he doesn't care about Jason that much. But if he
1: would have killed him, I don't know that Sam would have signed over. Right. Because then he's dead. She doesn't need to see anyone. Yeah. So. I don't know. Valentine's smart. He knows. I would imagine that he would know just what to do to probably make him Or maybe he had
0: someone run him off the road. So Mm. he would know it wasn't... Mm. Mm -hmm. Because I don't see Brando messing it up. I think when they check over the bike, there's not going to be any faulty parts on it. Great. Guess we'll find out.
1: Yep. So that's it. That's the history of ELQ. I liked it. I'm glad we did that. That I didn't know. Cool. So join us on Monday as we do a recap of this week's shows. And have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye.